All right, we're back. Thanks for tuning in. As we've been saying all along for the last Drew Marshall show, your prayers have been answered. <laughs> I know that there are people who have been praying for a very long time for the end of the show. Yeah, one called before the show and asked what was playing next <laughs> That's week. That's right. I just announced <laughs> the end of the show and somebody called and said, oh, what's replacing it? Well, someone called today, Eric, and took a call. Today? Yeah. And it's, said what? Is there something what's playing that was happening after Drew Marshall's show? Uh, no, they were just being kind. No. 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 Tony Capola, the first Christian speaker I actually listened to, and Philip Yancey, the first Christian author I actually read, they join forces together right now for the first time on the Drew Marshall Show. Let's start with Mr. Campolo because he usually has the first and the last word. Mr. Campolo. Yes. How I am. the heck are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm sorry to hear that this program is coming to an end because uh, there's so much junk on the radio and on the television, and your show was one of the bright and shining lights in the broadcasting business. Wow. So sad to see you or hear you uh, drifting away from the airwaves. And uh, what are you going to be doing in these off years now? I'm going to try to write better books than you. Oh, that's easy. That's <laughs> easy. Uh, you know, uh, one of my uh, critics... Uh, Novak uh, once said about me, uh, this man has written more books than he has read. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's an endorsement right there. I love it. There you go. Well, let's so, get uh, Mr. Yancey into this conversation as well. Philip, I understand you are up with Goldilocks and the Three Bears in the Woods at this point in time. Is that true? If you saw my view right now, I'm overlooking a beautiful lake with snow caps in the background. And, Drew, if you can't write in a place like this, then you should move. <laughs> yes, or, or drink more. Right. So, listen, when was the last time, Philip, that you spoke with Tony Campolo? Because you guys probably hang out, you know, you play baseball together or bocce ball at your age. Like, what do you do? Well, I haven't seen Philip for a long time, and I miss him. And I'm glad to hear that he's on the line here. Well, Philip... Well, that- the yep. last time I saw Tony actually was a tribute put on for him at Willow Creek Church outside of Chicago, where dozens of people whose lives he's affected came together and uh, just celebrated who he was. And I always like being with Tony because we kind of cover the hair spectrum. He's got none, and I've got too much. <laughs> and yeah. he tells That's me, right. Philip, if you want to use your hormones for growing hair, you're free to do so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've... <laughs> We've all heard that one. Listen, you know, I got to say this, uh, Tony, you are the first guest to ever swear on Christian radio in Canada. How do you 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 feel about that? I feel good about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was for good reason, as you recall. Yes. it's repeat it if you want to. It's one of your better stories. Uh, Many people are aware of it, but we're going to skim over it today because apparently the owner of the station is sitting in his office with a kill switch underneath his thumb waiting for me to screw up on my last show. (laughs) Philip, I want to just, I don't even know how to to verbalize this, but can you please write about something other than frickin' grace, please? Because it's it's starting to get annoying, okay? It, it's You're never going to figure it out. It's an ununderstandable, that's not even a real word, topic. And I wish you would just write a, like, can you do a cookbook or something? <laughs> well, I have written about suffering also, so if you get tired of grace, you can always turn to <laughs> suffering. But 
<laughs> we, we live we live in a world that I call a world of ungrace. It's a world of karma, really. You know, everybody goes around thinking they get what they deserve, and if something bad happens, it's because they're being punished. And uh, banks and nations, foreign policy, sports, they all run by rules, rules, rules. And then this grace thing comes along, and it's annoying in a way because it goes by different rules. You don't get what you deserve. You get the opposite of what you deserve. But it's good news, and it's the good news that Jesus came to, to share, and I want to echo what he first introduced to this planet. Philip, have you and Tony Campolo ever disagreed with something? Because I would like to, I don't know, have a fight on the air with the two of you. <laughs> I can't remember reading anything that Philip has written as outlandish as it has been, where I haven't said, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he's done a lot of cutting-edge things, especially in dealing with grace, that uh, kind of uh, upset a lot of But uh, I have to say, uh, I say amen to everything I've read so far. Philip, uh, I was just over in the United Kingdom, and I connected with a guy you probably uh, probably know, Steve Chalk. Do you know Steve Chalk over in the UK? Sure, I do. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. He's just got a new book out entitled um, the, um, the Hidden Message of Paul, which deals with grace. And uh, he said, you know, that verse that we always quote, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast or any person should boast. He said, you know, that needs a more clarifying uh, translation, because it makes our faith uh, the contingent factor on God's grace. And uh, and I can understand that because all over the place over the years, I've the young people who have asked, do I have enough faith? Do I have enough faith? He said it should be tra- translated, we're saved by grace because of Christ's faithfulness. Hmm. Christ's faithfulness. It's his faithfulness, not our faith that determines whether or not we are saved. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but both of you have had your fair share of experience with toxic church. Philip, you know, people know that's a big part of your story. The toxicity, how do you concisely describe it? Because I've really tried in the last 16 years of doing the show to go from just poking holes in things that I thought were ludicrous about the church to trying to pay less attention to the church and its foibles and look in the mirror and just see the hypocrisy within myself. So, Philip, how do you concisely describe the goofball journey you had with the Jesus people in the beginning? Well, I grew up in the South just as the Civil Rights Movement was getting underway, and my church was a racist, angry, legalistic, uh, judgmental, hypocritical church. And uh, the problem is, they were lying to me about certain things, like black people are inferior, for example. When you figure that out, then you think, well, maybe they lied to me about Jesus, maybe they lied to me about the Bible. So I went through a period of throwing all that out. And frankly, ever since, as a writer, my, my journey has been to go over each of those things, pick them up, dust them off, and figure out what's worth saving and what's worth tossing. So... You asked the question, how do we disagree, Drew? And I remember Tony and his wife used to go around touring, speaking on on the gay marriage issue, and they disagreed. They had different views at the time, 
but they were able to sit down and talk it, talk about it in a very loving and courteous manner. And the one thing I understand about grace is that it doesn't take much grace to be around somebody who's just like you, who thinks like you, votes like you, agrees with you. Really, grace is put to the test when you're around somebody who's very different than you are, maybe morally offensive. And that's where Christians haven't done so well, because we tend to uh, we tend to become moral superior people. We tend to be what I call moral exterminators rather than grace dispensers. Hmm. And people pick that up. They think people who are Christians are judging them, looking down on them. Uh, one of the worst phrases I've ever heard is the phrase, holier than thou, <laughs> because we're, we, of all people, know that we're not holy. Uh, we're less holy than God, and, and that's what we have in common with everybody else in the human race, except that we believe that there is also a solution to that, that God has provided that solution. That's the only difference between us. We know we screwed up. Not everybody does. Wow. Okay, Tony, can you do better than that? Because that was pretty good. Well, I, I got this story from a guy who said he was at a junior high camp and talking about grace. And one kid said, I got it. You're speeding down the highway at 75 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone, and a cop pulls you over, and if he gives you a ticket because you're 20 miles over the speed limit, that's justice. If he gives you a warning in spite of the fact that you were 20 miles over the speed limit, he just gives you a warning, that's mercy. But if he comes alongside of your car and gives you a Krispy Kreme donut, <laughs> that's <great. laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's that's great. You didn't expect it. It comes as a surprise, yeah. and you didn't deserve it. That's great. So yeah. I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, I had to take this opportunity on the last show to honestly thank both of you. Tony, you rocked my world as a young guy. I was going to People's Church School in Toronto. That was, let's see, that was the third school I was asked to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a mission conference, and we were forced to go, and I just wanted to pull my fingernails out one by one. And then you started yapping. And you lit me up, man. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize that Jesus people, especially, you know, older Jesus people, could have a pulse. So thank you very, very much for rocking my world for, stink, I don't know how many years, decades. And, Philip, I'm too ADD to stay with many books. But the way you write stinks of grace the way you write you actually lead with your heart instead of your head there's a lot of cognitive processors out there who are writing books but you are look man i don't really know you maybe you're a jerk behind the scenes but you seem like like just a gracious a really gracious guy and i felt safe with your writing right from the beginning that was the key point for me i didn't feel like i was going to get served up a chapter of judgment at the end so to both well, of me, you, thank let, you. Let me say something good about you, too, Drew. I, uh-huh. I was just reading this book by a Canadian author, Lee Beach, called Church in Exile. And he said, if you want to understand the love of God, don't um, go to more Bible studies, book groups, things like that. Find some people who are really different than you are and spend time with them. And you've done that on the air. You've gotten all sorts of people on. You've been honest about your own struggles. And I know you say this is the last, the last show, but... Hey, 
your marriage you thought was over, and it came back too. So who knows? <laughs> we may be talking to you again someday. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Well, thank you, Philip. I appreciate it. Tony, do you want to say something nice about me too? Yeah, yeah. I always felt that uh, you were gutsy enough to have people on your show uh, who the evangelical community would say, "Hey, why are you dealing with him, or why are you dealing with her?" Uh, you you know he's dangerous or she's dangerous, and you've had dangerous people on the show, and they needed to be heard, and you gave them a voice, and that's a good thing. Thanks. Right now here in the United States, and I just got back from the United Kingdom and in France, where we've launched the Red Letter Christians movement because so many evangelicals don't want to call themselves evangelicals anymore because they feel that the word evangelical is associated with hating gays being opposed to women's rights, being opposed to environmentalism, uh, being opposed to uh, to the things that, well, they're saying evangelicals, they don't have a good name anymore. Hmm. And so they're starting to call themselves Red Letter Christians. And that's because Jim Wallace, being interviewed by a secular Jewish country and Western disc jockey in Nashville, Tennessee, began saying, guys like you and uh, guys like Ron Sider and Jim Wallace, Tony Campolo, and, uh, you know, you guys are into those red letters of the Bible. You know, the words of Jesus highlighted with the red letters in many of the old Bibles. And I began to say, yeah, we're going to call ourselves red-letter Christians from now on, because we're going to take the teachings of Jesus seriously, mm-hmm. as radical as they are. Yeah, excellent. Well, and I have, of course, used that phrase. Last time, most importantly, I was trying to cross the border, and this guy was interrogating me about my show, and then he said, well, what do you believe? And I thought, well, that's a little, I don't know, up in my grill. So I, to shut him up, I said, you really want to know? He said, yeah. I said, I'm a red-letter agnostic theist, and he stamped my passport <laughs> and told me to go away. So there you go. <laughs> Philip Yancey yeah. and Tony Campolo on the Drew Marshall Show together. Thank you, guys. You have really impacted my life. I know you hear it a lot. I'm just adding my name to the list. To both of you, thank you very, very much. Tony, Philip, goodbye. Blessings. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. So good. <sighs> Man, I got the warm fuzzies going on here. What's that all about? Short break when we come back My two favorite Pauls And one of them Well both of them have nothing to do with uh, The guy in the Bible No they have something to do with the guy They're not the guy from the Bible Yeah because he's dead